Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode 38. doing what's going on let's do this <laughs> lock the gate <laughs> okay never mind that was a dumb joke uh, i didn't mean for it to start like a joke uh oh i guess since i started that way i should be like telling you about that i'm going to a conference in <laughs> new orleans at the end of the month no early january something like or no god early may something like that and i'm going to do a talk with my friend Ryan Freitas, who works at Facebook on the newsfeed. Obviously, we have a, uh, some differences of opinions about certain things, but not as much as people would think, I, I suspect. So, you know, that'll be interesting. I'm excited about that. Uh, you know, also vaguely dreading leaving my routine. I'm not good at leaving my routine these days. I like my my town and my house and my, my regular trips to New York. I'm going to New York on Tuesday. I'm very excited. Next week will be way more event-filled than this week because I'm going to three events that are just, like, all just insane, like obscure Rick events that are like designed to make Rick super excited. And uh, any one of them wouldn't have blown my mind if I thought it was actually possible. And I'm going to try and do all three in the same week. So that'll be, that'll be intense. We'll talk more about that next week. I, hopefully it all goes really, really well. We shall see. Yeah. Anything. Let's see. It's lovely today. Beautiful day in, in Chatham County. Uh, my baby and my wife are outside my windows playing in the yard. They're listening to Erasure on XM First Wave, the only channel that my wife ever listens to, which is really funny because, you know, that was like the music I grew up to. Not so much her because she's younger than me. And I, it's like the thing that like if I had designed like the perfect woman when I was like dreaming of a wife when I was a teenager, I'd be like, and they listen to Erasure and the Jesus and Mary Chain in New Order all the time. But, you know, she does. And actually kind of gets a little old once in a while. The same songs over and over again. The guys on the weekends, they mix it up a little bit, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's it's sort of like sometimes I'll catch myself and I'll be like, oh yeah, you know, it takes me back in time. Especially Chains of Love by Erasure. I remember the first time I heard that. I was walking up the stairs at West Valley High School in Fairbanks, Alaska. It's probably a, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know what year, sophomore maybe. And uh, I was listening to Chains of Love, and my friend was like, "Have you heard The Innocence?" Which was the Erasure album before that. I was like, "No," and he pulled out the cassette, and I was like, "Oh my God, there's more!" And pretty much every time the Chains of Love comes on first wave when I'm wondering around the house i still think of that story so you know it's not all bad it's not all bad but uh it's actually pretty cute too she bought this like little tykes little playset slide climbing fort thing and jane doesn't know how to use it yet i tried to get her to use the slide yesterday and she did go down it but she went down it doing the splits like one leg in front of her and the other leg up by her head <laughs> but she smiled and loved it but she didn't really get grasp of the concept you're supposed to run around and climb up and go down again which i didn't you know i guess it makes sense i didn't really i never thought of a slide as a teaching tool but it is indeed a teaching tool 
Yeah. Let's see. What else? What else? My friend Allison Flood was in town this week. It's very exciting. She's actually still in Raleigh at the J. Cole Festival, which is happening this weekend. I'm not much of a hip hop guy and I had a lot to do. Uh, so I did not join her despite her invite, but uh, she spent two nights with us hanging out with baby Jane, brought some cool gifts for her, met my parents, which was pretty funny because uh, Allison Flood's best friend and a good friend of mine lives in Marfa. And just last week, my sister was in Marfa visiting one of her good friends so she met our other friend and it's like Flood got to meet the parents and Catherine got to meet the sister and it's like friend blending I had a friend in the old days this girl I knew and she sees the word friend blending she was my friend but she never wanted to meet any of my other friends because that would be friend blending and I actually I, I was pretty into it at the time I was like no you're right man no friend blending friend blending just leads to like doom and despair but I've, I think I've changed my ways on friend blending as I've got older gotten older so it's good to have flood here uh you know we we did some stuff nothing exciting we did a lot of work we went hanging out with the baby went to some dinners you know what, what people do when they visit like friends that are old with babies in the country right you know don't think you expect a crazy time but i did manage to give her we, we, we took her into chapel hill proper and we showed her the town and the college kids and the, you know the medical complex in carborough and the hipsters and showed her that there is actually a little bit of culture going on here and it's not just all uh, us and weird other parents so that's fun Speaking of weird other parents, the neighbors next door had a bonfire again last weekend. That was pretty great. Uh, yeah, it was a good one. It was just us and them again, and I didn't get too drunk, which was a big accomplishment. I'm not very well known for drinking in moderation. I pretty much don't drink, and or I drink a lot. Don't really like doing things halfway with that. So, uh, but I did, and it was great, and we had a lot of good talks, and it was fun, and I like the neighbors, and I'm excited for more bonfires. The neighbors just passed them, or we like two, but they're moving away, and it's very sad. So I don't know what's gonna happen with that. They're not moving far; they're only moving like two miles away into the posh neighborhood. So maybe they'll invite us all over. That'll be fun. We actually did a lot of strategizing about how we would <laughs> be able to go to their new house because. <laughs> Because we all drink too much when we're together, and he's a cop, so that's not really going to be a, you know, it works fine when you're in the neighborhood, right? You just stagger on home, but we're like, oh, God, we're going to have to get back from his place. I mean, what are we going to do? And so, you know, we're talking about Uber, and uh, Flood used Uber to get the rally from here, so, you know, I think that's probably the solution. We'll just all Uber back. And uh, let's see what else. I just got back, just got back minutes ago from the Chapel Hill Library book sale. I forgot about it, and so I am a friend of the Chapel Hill Library, and they had the preview night last night, and I kind of forgot about it, and Flood was still here, and then our friend Alice was like, are you going tonight? And they went to the late night one, which is like, you can drink wine and shop for books, and it's so sophisticated, but I missed that. And last year, I went, very first thing, I bought a Friends of the Library membership, and I went with the opening crowd, and I got a lot of good stuff, and I did get some good stuff today, but you know, I went midday on the second day, so it wasn't quite as amazing. A lot of those beautiful hardback first editions that I bought a ton of last time that were taken, but I got like good paperback copies, bought a lot of books I've already read. Like I bought that legacy of ashes book I read recently and I bought a two Ian McEwan novels. I read one Ian McEwan novel. I haven't read, but you know, stuff like that, that I've read that I bought on Kindle. I never really own print versions trying to like get print versions. I want books in the house for Jane, you know, things like that. Uh, I bought another Ian McEwan book I had never read. And I also, it's a sign from God, not that I believe in God, but you know, whatever, it's a sign that uh, there was a book, The Way of the Samurai by Mishima. 
And as you remember, I watched Mishima Life in Four Chapters not that long ago. And right now I'm reading uh, Henry Miller's Reflections on the Death of Mishima. So Mishima is in my brain and there was a Mishima book there. And so that paid off handsomely. There's also a Lev Grossman novel called Warp I didn't know about. I bought that for a buck. And I bought some other stuff. A Kane's book, a Galbraith book. Almost, there's two different giant monumental biographies of John Kenneth Galbraith, and I was like, I'm tempted to read a giant monumental biography of John Kenneth Galbraith, but there are two competing ones, and I have not researched them, so I did not buy those. Uh, but a copy of Team Arrivals, I already read it, but, you know, good to have, and I think that's about it. I only bought like 10 books this year, compared to last year, we're about like 50, so, you know, I kept it under control, kept it under control. And then turning to music, I basically didn't listen to any new music this week. Uh, after talking to you guys about how I, my methodology of going through the in, to investigate playlists in Spotify from the beginning and clearing out albums, that's what I did all week. Basically, I just listened to recently listened to albums that I had been listening to since I've been talking to you guys about them, and I gave them second or third or fourth listens to uh oh boy uh you know to sort of pick the best tracks and get them out of the thing so i went through this week and listened to a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about picked out some of the best tracks off the methyl ethyl record the Foles record the bruise record the bertrand bertrand bergiat record the shaka khan record the Marin morris record the lady tron record the cas mccombs record although since i did that there's another song on that cas mccombs record i need to start because it's really stuck in my head and it's kind of interesting lyrically so i'll probably go back and do that uh marvin gay Andre Oben, just listening to this stuff again, Joji, Big Red Machine, uh, LCD Sound Systems, Electric Lady Sessions, uh, Fiddler, I love Fiddler, the Strandvoke stuff, the Steve Gunn stuff, the Sarah Nixie album, the Melanova stuff, Better Oblivion Community Center, and uh, yeah, so, you know, just plowing through them, picking my favorite tracks, giving them two or three extra listens each. I did sell one thing on Discogs this week, I sold my cassette copy of the Daruti column Valuable Passages, original Factory Records cassette, I accidentally bought that back when I was buying the entire factory, factory Records collection. Meant to buy the LP, didn't notice. It was before Discogs, or at least Discogs was in my life, and I was still using zzzzounds and things like that. Now, Music Mountain? I don't know. There was some online record marketplaces before Discogs that I used to use. But, uh, yeah, so I sold that, so that's pretty good. Happy to get rid of it. Got 30 bucks for it. Not complaining about that. Uh, television. You know, we, we are watching Future Man very slowly still, one or two episodes a week. It's uh, it's quite enjoyable. All the stuff is starting up soon. Game of Thrones is starting up. Although I'm not going to be able to watch it live, probably, because I'm going to go see Phosphorescent that night. Um, so, you know, we're just kind of going to go on through Future Man, watching that slowly. Uh, the Orville as the air, MSNBC. Been watching movies, mainly. So... That's really it on the TV front. Emma's been watching a lot of stuff. She's been going through like all the stuff that she wants to watch without me at night. But I've sort of been, uh, I, I think when I had that existential crisis like two or three weeks ago, Emma was like, this man needs to watch more movies. And she just sort of lets me. And so now I've been watching a lot more movies. And uh, so let's see, we've watched The Age of Innocence, keeping up from our gangs in New York thing. We, uh, it's the other Martin Scorsese film, 18th century New York takes place pretty much the same time as gangs in New York. And I had seen it in the theater when it came out, but I hadn't watched it since also stars Daniel day Lewis, Winona Ryder and Michelle Pfeiffer and, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer has the worst hairdo in the world. It's all I remember. I remember two things from the age of innocence. The first time I watched it, that it faded to cat, like bright yellow one time and that Michelle Pfeiffer had a terrible hairdo. And those two things I really didn't notice again. Although this time, now that I'm older and Daniel Day Lewis and, you know, stuck with his family and the love and all that, 
Martin Scorsese has called it his most violent film, and I can see where he's coming from on that. It really stands the test of time, actually. It's a, it's, a, I mean, it's a hell of a film. I, 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 uh, I felt it a lot more this time than I did when I was like 19 years old when I watched it the first time. And then we watched The Boy Band Con, the Lou Pearlman story. This is a, an original film, a Lance Bass production. It is on YouTube Plus or TV or whatever they call it. I don't have that, but Flood did. And our friend Danielle told us we had to watch it. And luckily, Flood was in town, so she could use her login and stream it from her phone. So we watched that. It's amazing. I knew a lot about Lou Pearlman and the boy band stuff, but I did not know all of it. And it's crazy. And that is a great film. And uh, I like a good crime caper. I'm not going to lie. And Lance Bass's mom is awesome. <laughs> she reminds me of the mother of this girlfriend I had in college. She's really great. And there's this one point, it's really poignant. Lance Bass was like, you know, this all his crimes are going on before he became incredibly wealthy with us and the Backstreet Boys. And and he used that money to launch our careers. And basically our careers are built on crime. And it was like kind of sad, you know, and he knew it. And and uh, Aaron Carter is not okay. I, I don't think Aaron Carter is doing very well these days. And uh, But the, the girl from Innocence, the woman now from Innocence, not Britney Spears who left, but the woman replaced her, is a very, very successful actress these days on a lot of TV stuff. So that was exciting. Anyway, great movie. Good good times. And then uh, last night we watched an Ewok adventure, The Caravan of Courage. <laughs> The comically controversial Pablo Hidalgo, who works for Lucasfilm, is uh, tweeted out a while back that the Ewok movies were available for purchase on Amazon. So I was like, oh, my God, I need the Ewok movies. And then I, I mentioned it as a joke last night. And Flood was like, you don't even know. I was only allowed to watch like five films as a kid. And that was one of them. And it was one of my favorite films. So I was like, all right, I guess we're watching Caravan of Courage, the Ewok adventure tonight. So we watched that. And uh, just about an hour ago, I got back from Shazam, which was actually very good. I. I did not want to go see Shazam. I still, you know, I watched the beach bum at the theater last week. I only got a couple of theater weekends left before my parents leave next weekend. I think actually this is it. They're leaving next Friday. So that's sad. Really want to see Dumbo, but I was looking at all the reviews of everything. There's also, you know, there's hotel Mumbai. There is like the uh, movie about <laughs> high speed trading, like stuff that might be more up my alley. I do not care about Shazam, although I loved the TV show when I was a kid. It came out exactly for me to be like four or five years old, so I loved that. But like, I don't care about Shazam at all. And every preview, I was like, well, that's kind of funny. It's, it's all dumb. And uh, but it was so highly rated. It's like a 93 on Rotten Tomatoes. I was like, well, I have to give this a shot. So I did, and I just wasn't excited about it. I have a ton to do this weekend. I've been kind of stressed. I'm, you know, just I'm getting through it all. But like, I was like, I can't believe I'm wasting time to go to Shazam. <laughs> this is so dumb alone. And uh, but I did, and it was very competently done. It was very good. You know, I was like, I mean, the costume is stupid, and you're just like, that costume is so bad. I can't believe they didn't fix it. But like in a way, it's kind of funny. They just owned it. They're like, this is the bad costume. They didn't do what Batman or Superman do. They're like, we made the costume cool. They're like, this is a crappy superhero costume and we're going to own that and it's not like you know Deadpool levels of parody it is a superhero movie and it takes itself seriously it's knowing but it's not like you know uh, meta it's not meta at all uh, but I was like, there's nothing to complain about with that film. It is just solid all the way through. You know, I mean, the action sequence go on too long like they always do, but it's not that painful. They've definitely learned from Marvel where they're like, hey, we'll add some quips inside our fight scenes and our action scenes. And the quips are pretty good. Like whoever wrote the script is pretty solid. The entire cast is basically unknown except the villain. And I can't remember his name. Let me look him up. 
Oh, yeah, right. Mark Strong from uh, the Kingsman movies. He was a villain. He's great. Uh, everybody's good. It's just, I mean, I'm just like, even now I'm like embarrassed to say it was good. I'm just, I don't know. Shazam is not my thing. But they made a very good movie of Shazam, so that's good. And I know I said Aquaman was good, but that's like more like, a, hey, you can, you can watch it for a couple hours and it's a fun time, even though it's really stupid. This is substantially better than Aquaman. I'm not going to say it's a great film or anything like that. It's no mission, my life in four chapters or age of innocence, but it's a good, it's a one of the better superhero movies just from its construction. It probably has a little bit of soulness, soullessness to it. If I was like a film critic for the New York times or something, I'd be like, it's very competently done in all ways, but it is just lacking that soul. But you know, whatever, man, the kids in the theater liked it. I guess that's one good thing about going to the movies at like 10 and 11 o'clock on a Saturday. A lot of kids. I mean, not when you go see, you know, the beach mom or something, but when you go see something like Shazam, it's like, eh, there's a bunch of kids here. This is nice. So that was cool. There's a little girl sitting like three seats down for me. And she was like, whenever the, she was like this little black girl and there's like a little black girl in the movie. And then like, she like runs really fast in certain scenes. And then like, the little black girl sitting next to me would just do the same thing. And they looked all, it was kind of amazing. So that was really cute. You know, it's always nice to see people inspired kids, children inspired by positive role models and films that look like them. Right. That was nice. It was nice. So Shazam, uh, Stone's in Dumbo though. So I don't know when I'm going to do that. I feel like I'm selling Tim Burton short, but you know, I, I had to do Harmony Corinne. He needs my money more than Tim Burton last week. Uh, I don't know anybody that made Shazam. Actually, did I see Dwayne Johnson's names in the production credits? I'm going to check. Hold on. Yes, I did. Dwayne Johnson, executive producer. Well, those, there's something I wasn't expecting. I wonder what that's all about. We'll find out. Uh, anyway, turning to books, I finally finished The People's Business, The Politics and Practices of Government Corporations by Anne-Marie Hook Walsh. It is great. Got a little dry at the end. Well, mm, the middle stretch, we'll say. The last two sections are great because there was an international analysis of things like the London Port Authority and how they do public corporations in Germany that was incredibly fascinating. And then there was a recap section at the end that was also very good. And uh, it got a little down in democracy in the middle. And it was like, you know, it's kind of cool, though. It was like, look, man, this is the way the world is. Like, it's not democratic. It's not dictatorial. It's not capitalistic. It's not socialist. Billions of dollars flow through these anonymous entities. And this is how things get done in America. Nobody talks about it. We pretend it doesn't exist. Well, we wage ideological warfare on the extremes around them and and billions of dollars go through things like public authorities for stadiums and roads and sewers and, and airports and ports. And this is how all of America actually works. And we just don't admit it. And I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Anne-Marie Hukwalsh was a great author of studies. It's a shame there aren't more of them. Uh, and then uh, now I'm reading, I'll, I'll be done tomorrow. It's only like 50 pages, but I just got too tired last night to finish it. Uh, Reflections on the Death of Mishima by Henry Miller. It is a 50-page treatise, really just a rambling treatise about Japan that he wrote in his elder years. Apparently, he was married to a Japanese woman at this point. His, I don't know, second, third, fourth wife. Let's look that up. That'll be fun. Whoa, didn't see that coming. Fifth wife. Fifth wife. Uh, Hiroko Tokuda. Uh, I knew there was a wife before June, and then there was June, and I thought there was only one wife, Eve, but I didn't. I forgot about Janina Martha Lepska, who he's married to for eight years. I'm not the biggest Henry Miller fan. I am interested in Henry Miller, and I respect his writing, but mostly in my life, it's peripheral to my obsession with Anais and then in the early years when they were egging each other on, shall we say, in France, and... Uh, 
you know, I, I've read oh, a few things. I have like a first edition of Tropic of Cancer I picked up somewhere along the way because I'm pretty interested in the Olympia Press. So I have a lot of first editions of Olympia Press. I read Tropic of Cancer when I was too young to read Tropic of Cancer. I read The Air Conditioned Nightmare. Uh, oh, Quiet Days and Clichy. <laughs> also known as Under the Roofs of Paris, which is his erotica book. Uh, him and Anais Nin got paid by the page to write erotica for a wealthy collector, and that is what makes up uh, Anais Nin's Little Birds and Delta of Venus and Henry Miller's Under the Roofs of Paris. So I read that, and now I guess I've read the uh, Reflections of the Death of Mishima, so I will have read it by tomorrow. So, you know, five Henry Miller books across 46 years, but he's not really my dude or anything like that. And it was just kind of interesting, you know, it's like, oh, you wrote this weird little pamphlet about Mishima, and I'm kind of fascinated with Mishima now. And, and uh, you know, it's on uh, Black Sparrow, Black Sun, Black Sun Press, Black Sky Press, Black Sparrow Press, so whatever, the press that him and a lot of him and Anais's 70s work was out on. It's a second edition. The first edition was 250 copies signed, a hand set by this dude that lived out there in Big Sur where he lived the lake, lived out the remainder of his elderly years. And I was like, man, that's great. I could write a 50-page treatise just rambling on about something. I'm like, why didn't somebody want a hand set and put out 250 signed copies of my weird treatises? I think it'd be kind of fun to do. I mean, he just obviously like it's like a blog post right and, like Mishima did his crazy like highly visible whack job suicide and Henry Miller's like I'm gonna write a medium post about that and it got published <laughs> uh and you know anyway it's only like 12 bucks I mean it's, if you think about it it's like a page for every or a dollar for every three pages but whatever and it's fine it's fine uh, so and then I'm going to read Janesville next, which is the book about the factory town. I can't remember the name of the woman, but I don't have to because I haven't started it yet. But that's a whole miserable thing because I've now bought the book twice accidentally in the wrong way. The first time I ordered the print book, the second time I ordered the book on my Amazon publisher account. I have a separate Amazon account for my publishing to Amazon and I was accidentally logged into that account on my phone. So I bought a Kindle book on an account I can't use with my Kindle. So I just requested a refund. I got to buy it a third time. It's a whole nightmare, but I'll read that next. I think I bought a bunch of small short books today though. Uh, including one by Chuck Klosterman, who I've met a couple times. She's a friend of a friend, so I might read that too. But I'm still focusing on the women thing, and uh, the Henry Miller one was the one exception, so I'm going back to books by women after this. So we'll fill you in on that next week. Turning to tech, work is still crazy and fun, and it's very interesting, and the audit has started, and I'm really into it. <laughs> I'm really into audits. It's a good time. <laughs> I did all my audit questions this week, spent a ton of time on that. It was super fun. Please provide us with an org chart. Please provide us with a cap table. Please provide us with all of your investment documents. Please provide us with every lawyer invoice for the last three years. I'm like, oh, I am so all over this. This is so fun. Uh, yeah, so. I guess I'm the only person in the world that thinks audits are fun, but uh, it's a good time. It's a good time. And Snapchat announced this week that they're going to have an ad network. And I'm so excited. I want to get in on that so much. They're doing an ad network where publishers, other publishers like us could run Snapchat ads. So I'm just trying to like get a hold of them left and right. So that is very, very exciting for me. Uh, let's see. And other exciting stuff in tech, uh, <laughs> the Lyft IPO happened. I mean, you know, People it wisely tanked it. It did okay. They got their money, and then like the price has been going down because that's what should happen when a massively money losing company in a horrific battle with a better funded competition and like zero product differentiation and less money in the bank is against. I mean, the whole thing is just a, a giant shit show. I would 
you know, and now the Uber will IPO and they'll have a bunch of money and these two people will just waste it all on like a battle on price and for market share until one of them dies and we all are going to watch it over the next like five to ten years and it's going to be depressing. So that'll be fun. And then um, we have a new third richest woman in the world because Mackenzie Bezos got $25 billion of Jeff Bezos's money. They didn't do it half and half. They seem to be very amicable. Amicable. He maintained his voting control of Amazon. She is letting him vote her shares. They're going to like, do their uh, charity together. It's all very interesting. I don't know what's going on. I mean, you know, I think she was just like, look, you seem fine, but you totally cheated on me and you want to marry that other woman and you seem to be in love with her. So we'll, we'll just be friends. It seems all very uh, sophisticated in French. So uh, congratulations. Mazel tov, mazel tov to the Bezoses. That's actually a hard sentence to say, isn't it? And then I didn't know if this was like tech or movies, but I'm very excited, very excited about it that the Criterion Collection is starting a streaming service. There used to be one called Filmstruck, which I did not have a membership to, but I did admire. And, uh, it got shut down very unexpectedly, and all my film buffs that I follow on Twitter are really bummed about it, and then your criterion was like, well, we're, we're just going to do this, and so now they're doing it instead. It really seems like they came to the rescue, but part of me wonders if they didn't do cause the whole shutdown. <laughs> well, maybe one day there'll be like a an indie documentary about the, the, the indie film streaming wars, but I think it's all in the up and up, uh, and so it starts this Monday, and I just bought like the Charter subscription, uh, so it's another streaming service, but... Uh, it's a Criterion Collection, man, and I love them, and I pirate too many of their movies, and I buy a lot of them, but, you know, I think they, they need more of my money, so I, I, I gave them a bunch, and I'm excited to stream that stuff. It'll be interesting. We will see how it goes, I, I'm you know, especially since I'm back on movies at home again. And, and I'm, you know, it's interesting. It's been working pretty well. Like, she wasn't really into gangs in New York, but she was definitely sucked into Age of Innocence. So we will see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. Okay, I think that's about it, isn't it? What's going on with my projects? Uh, I was going to write my agent for my Witch Half is Waste and be like, yo, give me my book back. But then I was like, you know what? I think I should just let him keep it for a while because I don't have any time to work on it right now. This company is too busy. And so I may as well just if hail Mary, if something happens with him in the meantime, I will just revise the proposal and be like, here's how I think the proposal should be done. Send it to him. If it works great, if it doesn't great. And then when I turn to having time to work on it again or right before or something like that is when I will ask him for it. There's a couple other factors in play there. Uh, but I talked to my friend, Kate and she gave me some advice and I was like, yeah, I don't think it's the right time. I don't think it's the right time. Uh, I, I have been thinking I'm going to just sit down sometime. I need about a month and a half to do it, but I'm going to just rewrite the whole book. It's all in my head. It's all in order. I know the material better every day. I, you know, I forget some specific studies and stuff, but I've all that well-documented. The narrative is better in my head. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I should be really despondent. Oh, I remember. Oh yes, of course. I meant to talk about this. So Robert Caro, who, as you know, I'm obsessed with the author of the power broker and four volumes of work on Lyndon Johnson. He has got a new book out and and it will be delivered to my Kindle on Monday. And I guess actually I will totally read that immediately. So I lied about Janesville. But uh, he's been doing a press tour and it's really exciting. And so either, every day I wake up, I have a Google alert on him and there's just a new interview with Robert Caro, right? And yeah, some of this, I mean, I've read all the previous interviews that were online and watched all the videos. And so some of the, you know, these stories I've heard before, but it, it's it's very timely, right? There's been a lot of great news stories, by the way. Some amazing little tidbits that are just amazing. Like he has 14 
<laughs> 14 of the same typewriter and he's down to 11 now because they break or wear out and he cannibalizes them for parts and he just doesn't want to change. Also, at one point when they're going to stop making carbon paper, he just bought it. He did the math and bought enough to use for the rest of his life. I feel like I've done that with deodorant, but he's done it with carbon paper. Uh, anyway, he's telling the whole story of the power broker and how he was working all the time in the New York Public Library. And there are other people there. Some were published authors. Some weren't. And one guy was like, oh, it took me 14 years to write this book that was like a Pulitzer Prize winning book. And Kara was only on five or six years at that point. And other people with him were on five, six, seven years. And those books have come out and they're really successful. And you know, he's like, sometimes things just take a long time. And I know it's different because Carol is like sitting there at the public library every day and I'm not, I'm working. And, uh, you know, it's not like I don't have a work ethic. I'm just have a job. He lived in poverty, but I'm too old to live in poverty. Let's face it. So I got to work. Uh, I tried that. My wife was not happy with it because <laughs> like, I just borrowed too much money from her. Anyway. The fact of the matter is, I'm only on year eight, and Robert Caro made me feel better about it, so I'm feeling okay about that whole thing right now. Plus, I'm just too busy. I mean, what am I going to do? If he, like, call me tomorrow, he's like, I sold it. It's due in December. I'll be like, great. I'm, like, running a really busy company at the moment. I bet I could pull it off, but it'd be a nightmare for me and Emma, and I'd have to, like, bribe my parents to stay. I don't know. It'd be a whole thing. So I'm okay with where things are at at the moment. I will use this time productively, and I will get to it. LaGuardia is a different story, though, and I think I will be turning to it soon. I have very close in my pile the uh, biography of the mayor, which I don't really need to finish first. I think I've read most everything I need to. So I think I'm close. I'm close. I, I, my, my spirit is not quite there yet, but my logically, I, my head is willing. So we're just waiting for the heart to kick in. That's it for this week. I'll keep it kind of short. Only one week. Didn't watch any TV. Didn't listen to any music. How much can I really babble on about Robert Caro? Next week will be event-filled, so that'll be fun. Thank you guys so much for listening. I don't really know how many of you are there, but it's always nice when I run into one of you out in the world, and you're like, I know what's up in your life. I listen to your podcast. I'm like, oh, cool. So we're caught up. What's going on with you? It's nice. It's nice. So thanks. Talk to you guys next week. Take care.